Two more leftist Democrat ladies entered the 2020 presidential contest over the weekend, prompting America to respond, Hmm. 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 We will analyze the official Liz Warren kickoff, as well as Klobuchar's snowy global warming warning. Then John Kasich does yoga, Virginia politicians do minstrel shows, and the Grammys award people for neither singing nor dancing. Finally, the Pope pals around with the Grand Sheikh in Arabia, while Democrat Congresswoman Ilan Omar defames the Jews. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Really interesting religious realignment going on right now in America and throughout the world. This story is probably the most underreported news story. It happened last week. The Pope visited the Arabian Peninsula for the first time in 2,000 years. No Pope has ever gone down there. This is all, uh, I think, finally a Western reckoning on scientific materialism, on atheism, on the religion or irreligion that came out of the Enlightenment. This is a huge news story. It really, really matters. And so, of course, the mainstream media are not reporting on it. But we will report on what looks to be an alliance between the Muslim world and the religious Western world against atheism. But first... We have got to cover 2020. We have got to cover Liz Warren's, I think, seventh campaign kickoff. How many times has she kicked off this campaign already? I don't know. We'll cover that. We'll cover Klobuchar. We'll cover the dark horse Democrat. But first, let's make a little money, honey, with Untuck It. Untuck It. Listen, here's a tip. No guy looks very good in a long, bulky dress shirt when it is untucked. You might think, oh, I'm a cool guy. Yeah, I look casual. Yeah, hey, don't worry. I don't even need to tuck in my shirt. Usually, with most shirts, this ends up looking sloppy. Uh, That's because those shirts were not meant to be worn that way. Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Do you get it? It's in the name. You should get that. Uh, They're really good. These shirts are cool. I noticed because Jeremy the God King Boring would wear them constantly. And I was like, oh, Jeremy, man, those shirts look pretty cool. And he was like, right, that's untuck it. I can afford that because I'm your boss. Now it turns out you can get a special offer from Untuck It just for my listeners. Go to untuckit.com or visit one of Untuck It's 50 stores across the U.S. and Canada. I've actually, before they were a sponsor, I went into one. They fitted me out for a shirt. Great customer service. Untuck It even offers free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. Use promo code MKS for 20% off your first purchase. Don't say I never did nothing for you. If you want the perfect fitting shirt, regardless of your shape and size, try the original Untucked shirt. Remember, use promo code MKS for 20% off your first purchase. Elizabeth Warren is officially running for president again. I know it was she officially was doing it three months ago, and then officially this. She has another campaign kickoff, and here she is kicking off her first day on the trail by trying to be Donald Trump. Every day, there's a racist tweet, a hateful tweet, something really dark and ugly. And what are we as candidates, as activists, as the press going to do about that? We're going to chase after those every every day? Are we going to let him use those to divide us? You know, here's what bothers me. By the time we get to 2020, Donald Trump may not even be president. 
In fact, he may not even be a free person. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, wow. Here she is, coming out swinging, feisty Elizabeth Warren. And she's going to fight back against Donald Trump by doing a really lame version of his original joke. That's, wow, that's our gal, Liz Warren, a, a woman who, be, I mean, she is a lecturer, so the fact that she's lecturing people is not surprising. We should expect that, but it's so tedious. It's so grating. I can't imagine anybody really likes the sound of this. She can't pull off doing Trump. She's not Trump. She's very much not Trump. For one, I don't think Donald Trump is even one one-thousandth Native American. She is obviously not Trump. She's trying to do that great Trump moment from the debate with Hillary Clinton. Here it is. Just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> it's not, when Liz Warren does it, it's not even close. He does it right on the cuff. He says, I don't want to be in a world where Donald Trump is president. Yeah, you'd be in jail. That's why. Boom, mic drop. Whereas she does it, it's obviously planned, it's obviously contrived, and it's in this weird language. He might not even be a free person in 2020. Yeah? Huh? Am I right? She can't do it. She's the definition of a limousine liberal. She's a racial fraud. The race stuff is dogging her. It's going to keep dogging her. MSNBC, Joe Scarborough seems to think that by the spring, all of that Native American stuff will be behind her. It won't be. I'm telling you, it will not be behind her. Why not? Because if she could have figured out a way to put this behind her, she would have done it already. She would have done it for the two years now that Donald Trump has been calling her Pocahontas. And for even longer than that, that these, these allegations have been around, that her fraud has been exposed. Uh, if she had an answer, she would have given an answer, but she doesn't have one. She doesn't have an answer. And so this is, by the way, why she keeps doing all of these campaign kickoffs. For, okay, she made a whole huge deal about the exploratory committee. She's making a whole huge deal about the beer video. She's, made, she's trying to get a fresh start. She needs a fresh start because she knows that her racial fraud is going to destroy her campaign. If it hasn't already, which... Obviously, it has. So she keeps saying, okay, well, if we're going to do a clean break. We're going to address the racial fraud first. And then once that's taken care of, then we're going to start a new campaign. So actually, before she even announced the first announcement, she released that genetic test. She thought, okay, I'm going to release this genetic test. It's going to show that I am maybe one 1,024th Native American. And then people will say that it's okay that I called myself Native American. And then we can announce fresh start. Whoops, didn't work. And then, okay, the beer, now I'm getting into a social media campaign. All that official stuff is behind. Now I'm going to have a fresh start. I like beer. I still like beer. I'm not a robot. I hug my husband. I mm, Total flop. People made fun of her for days because she's not Ocasio-Cortez because she does, she's just so stiff and not credible. And okay, well, that's been now the official launch of the campaign. There's no fresh start. There's no fresh start for Elizabeth Warren. It's not going to happen. She also just doesn't have the qualities that make for effective candidates. I have seen candidates, otherwise good candidates, who, like their face didn't look great. 
There may be a little bit when they spoke, their nose pinched up too much. Maybe it really, these things really matter. I, it seems superficial, but look, it's democratic politics. This is superficiality. You're talking about a popularity contest here. They're of course going to accuse Republicans and conservatives who criticize Liz Warren of chauvinism or sexism or misogyny or whatever. It, it It's not misogyny, it's applying the same standard to male and female candidates. You hear, how many times did we hear during the 2016 race that Ted Cruz was facially challenged? I think Ted Cruz himself joked about this. This is just the sort of scrutiny that public candidates are up for, especially in an, a democratic republic where people are voting for you. She just doesn't have it. There's a more interesting candidate who is now also officially running for president. I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I'm damning with faint praise here because most candidates are more interesting than Liz Warren, but Amy Klobuchar, senator from Minnesota, actually makes a much stronger case than Liz Warren. In our nation's heartland, at a time when we must heal the heart of our democracy and renew our commitment to the common good. I stand before you as the granddaughter of an iron ore miner, as the daughter of a teacher and a newspaper man, as the first woman elected to the United States Senate from the state of Minnesota to announce my candidacy for President of the United States. All right, before I make fun of this announcement, there's a lot to make fun of here. I do want to point out the positives. She comes across as a much stronger candidate. Just in general, she looks stronger, she looks better, she's smiling in a way that Liz Warren, Hillary Clinton, all the time they would be scowling. The only time they weren't scowling is when they do that awkward forced laugh, that Hillary, ha ha, oh, well, we're going to run and I'm going to, ha ha, you know, and there's that, just that brief moment. Amy Klobuchar much more naturally gets it. She gets Democrat politics, she's better on the stump, she's better with voters, and she comes across as stronger. Liz Warren comes across as a frail college lecturer. Amy Klobuchar, she is a career politician. This lady has been running for office for a very long time. She was an exe you know county executive or something in Minnesota. She's taken the long way up and she's learned a thing or two on the trail. So that's all good for her. The uh, downside for her is she also doesn't have a great voice. The other downside for her is that she's from True Blue, Minnesota. Minnesota has voted for the Democrat in every single presidential election since 1976. Even in 1984, when Ronald Reagan won 49 states, he won the whole country, Minnesota still managed to go blue. So she doesn't bring a whole lot with her, and she doesn't have much of a reason to moderate. She doesn't have much pushing her toward the center, which might help her in a general election. But then she has one really awful thing going for her. She has one really awful thing going for her that actually every other Democrat candidate has to deal with. We'll get to that in a second. But first, Valentine's Day is coming up. There are only three days left until Valentine's Day. Fellas, 
I've been in your shoes. I know. I, we've all been there. I just made my dinner reservation last night for Valentine's Day. I only by the grace of God was I able to get a dinner reservation. Get your flowers now. If you don't have the perfect surprise already picked out, you're cutting it really close. Right now, pull over your car. Go check out my friends at 1-800-Flowers.com. They have amazing deals on vibrant and romantic Valentine's rose bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at just $29.99. Like 18 romantic red roses for $29.99. They are beautiful. I gave some to sweet little Elisa already. We have them sitting on our uh, kitchen table. They're just gorgeous. They come in a, a, just a really nice box so that they don't really get damaged along the way. Beautiful flowers. You have to hurry, though. Do it right now. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak. They are shipped overnight to ensure freshness and her amazement. They last. They're just really nice. And $29.99 is an amazing deal for 18 romantic red roses. That won't last very long. Pick your delivery date. Let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to Valentine's Day, I don't settle for anything less than my rose authority, 1-800-Flowers.com. To order Valentine bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at $29.99, like 18 romantic red roses for $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter promo code COFEFE, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Order today, save at 1-800-Flowers.com, promo code COFEFE, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Radio code COFEFE. Check it out. Okay. The one really bad issue that Amy Klobuchar has to deal with, that all of them have to deal with, is timing. The, the timing is the issue because broadly things are all breaking in Donald Trump's direction right now, one after another, even right down to this beautiful moment from the announcement speech. Amy Klobuchar standing there as snow is pouring down, covering her head, and what does she choose to focus on? Global warming. Here is another one, climate change. The people, the people are on our side when it comes to climate change. Why? Because like you and I, they believe in science. That's why in the first 100 days of my administration, I will reinstate the clean power rules and the gas mileage standards and put forth sweeping legislation to invest in green jobs and infrastructure. And on, and on day one, we will rejoin the International Climate Agreement. We will do all of that on day one, just as soon as I dig myself out of the blizzard that I am certainly finding my, it must be caused by global warming. In the global warming blizzard that is coating my hair in snow, day one we will do it. Really bad time, I mean, in this case, really particularly bad timing because she's giving a speech in part on global warming. I mean, she's made this a big issue. This is the big left-wing issue. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. I was in Raleigh, North Carolina yesterday giving a speech at the Young America's Foundation. Environmentalism, global warming, is the issue for the left. I know it just seems like a pet issue. It just seems like, okay, environmentalism's one, raising taxes is another, or healthcare. No, environmentalism is the whole thing because it's the religion. The religion is the religion of global warming, and the religion is then totalizing. It, it uh, takes in part everything. So this Green New Deal is the great example of that. 
The Green New Deal, for some reason, includes a jobs program, it, a ma mandatory universal basic income. It destroys 88% of the American energy in industry. It destroys and then rebuilds every single residential and non-residential building in America. It takes over a sixth of the U.S. economy and forces a socialist health care program that destroys private insurance and eliminates patient choice. Why is all of that in an environmental bill. What does that have to do with the Delta smelter, the polar bears? Seemingly nothing, unless you realize that this is not about protecting the natural environment. This is the totalizing religion of the left, and through this religious bill, they'll get everything they want. The Green New Deal sets up a mechanism, a select committee, such that they can pass any law they want. The committee, without any accountability to voters, without any campaigning, without any democratic or republican politics, just pure tyranny. They get everything through. It's the whole system. And so that's why they all have to focus on global warming. And like every other false religion, no amount of data are going to convince them to drop it. Like all other false religions, they can be standing. They're waiting for the world to end. The world's going to end at midnight on Tuesday. They're all out there waiting for the world to end. Midnight comes. It's 12.02. Everybody's still alive. What happens to their faith? Their faith doesn't go away. They double down on it. They say, oh, it's going to be really bad when it happens tomorrow. They're going to double all down on this. So what you're hearing now, this is the, the left-wing response to uh, P President Trump made this same joke about Amy Klobuchar. He said, oh, not a great look, and you're covered up in snow. You look like a little snowman talking about global warming. And they say, you idiot, weather isn't climate. Weather, weather is when one discrete weather event happens and climate is the totalizing religion that we believe in. That's basically the difference. So they say one single event in the weather doesn't move the needle on global warming one way or the other. It's the totality of events. Except they don't abide by that rule when the weather helps their position. When there's some big flood, they say it's global warming. When there's a heat wave, they say it's global warming. When one year is hotter than the previous year, they say that is global warming. When there's a heat spell in the middle of summer, that is global warming. And now, because it's a totalizing religious system, it's unfalsifiable. So when the weather's too cold, it's global warming. When the weather's too hot, it's global warming. When the weather doesn't move at all, as it didn't for a very long period of time, between the late 90s and, and today, when, it, when the global mean temperature doesn't increase, they say that's global warming too. Extreme weather, moderate weather, any kind of weather is global warming. So then they then they lecture us. They say that weather isn't climate. Give me a you've got to pick a lane. You can't have it both ways. So despite the fact that global warming predictions have not come true, despite the fact that New York is not underwater, Florida is not underwater. It's like Al Gore predicted. It hasn't been underwater for ten years. No evidence that it's catastrophic. Despite all of this, they're going to stick to it. And Amy Klobuchar on day one is going to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. Except, what about that evidence? We're not in the Paris Climate Accord. A lot of other countries are. We are leading the way on meeting the goals of the Paris Climate Accord. We actually are reducing air pollution. And the other signatory countries to the Paris Climate Accord are not. It's just, a, it's just words to them. It's just joining in on an ideology. It has nothing to do with the reality. Even though we are already exceeding the other nations who actually joined the Paris Climate Accord, doesn't matter. 
It's just that sort of radicalism. And, and they need to be this radical. The left, Democrats, need to be this radical. This is the part of the campaign where everybody is really far left wing to shore up the Democrat base, especially because there are early primaries now. California moved up the Democrat primary. So they've got to be really radical now. Then they'll try to moderate in the general election. Except there's this awful confluence of now the Democrats are currently especially radical. The Democrat Party is now today especially radical. You had the Green New Deal. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually wiped the Green New Deal uh, frequently asked questions sheet off of her website. She took it off because we all made fun of it so much. She took it off her website and then her strategists went around and said that Republicans had made it up. The strategists went around and said, oh, they were hoaxes from Republicans. It was on your website. We have screenshots. You can't gaslight us forever. And the Democrats, by the way, for that matter, can't actually back down from the policies that were included in the Green New Deal. They have to remain this radical. All of this is redounding to President Trump's benefit. It's why Rasmussen today has President Trump's approval rating at 52%. These are shocking highs. Everything is breaking in Donald Trump's direction right now. This is going to cause a lot of problems for Democrats, and we haven't even gotten to the best, the best Democrats for President Trump's re-election yet, all of whom are in Virginia. But first, let's make just a little bit more money, honey. Just, you know, just a little tiny touch with Bolin Branch. Oh, you're going to love Bolin Branch. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, folks. Just saying, if you want to, you know, if you want to get ready for Valentine's Day the right way, at least what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure my Bolin Branch sheets are on my bed. Uh, Bolin Branch, these are the greatest sheets I've ever slept on. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. You don't need, you know, sleeping pills. You don't, you just need to change your sheets and that's why you should check out Bolin Branch. Everything they make from bedding to blankets is made from 100% organic cotton, which means they start out super soft and they get softer over time. If you buy really expensive, really high-end luxury sheets, they can cost $1,000 or more in the store. But Bolin Branch are only a couple hundred bucks because they cut out the middleman and they go directly to you. This is why everyone who tries Bolin Branch loves them. I love them. They have thousands of five-star reviews. Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and Fast Company are all talking about Bolin Branch. Even three U.S. presidents sleep on Bolin Branch sheets. Shipping is free. You can try them for 30 nights. If you don't love them, send them back for a refund, but you will love them. You won't send them back. No risk, no reason not to give them a try. And just to get started, right now, my listeners, get ready for Valentine's Day. Think of me in the uh, when you're putting your sheets on your bed. $50 off your first set of sheets at BolandBranch.com, promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Go to BolandBranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. BolandBranch.com, promo code Michael. Check them out. Think about me on Valentine's Day. Everything is breaking in President Trump's direction here. So now the Democrats have to own post-birth abortion. They have to own destroying American energy, 88% of it. They have to own rebuilding every single building in the entire United States of America. They have to own a $40 trillion program where the best guess they have on how they can pay for it is to print money. That was in the Green New Deal. Quantitative easing. We're just going to print money at the Federal Reserve. They have to own radical health care laws, which were so disastrous to the Obama administration in 2009. This is why all of these campaigns have come hobbling out of the gate. Which Democrat campaign have we thought, wow, that's the one? That's the one. Is it Spartacus? No. Kamala Harris? Uh Uh-uh. She started with a mood mix. She can't even run on her own record. Liz Warren? She's started her campaign like seven times already. Amy Klobuchar? 
Klobuchar? I don't think so. Ultimately, what this is going to be is a referendum on President Trump. But what are they going to run on? So you say, okay, here's what President Trump is doing. President Trump, because here, what they're going to do is say President Trump is terrible on race. He's terrible on race issues. He's a racist. And then who are the Republicans going to point to? Hmm? You remember hmm, that little guy over in Virginia? Oh, I'm sorry, the two guys in Virginia who wore blackface? The two, the attorney general and the governor, are they going to point to him? Doesn't look great. They're going to talk about Donald Trump being a racist. Elizabeth Warren, her entire career, defrauded the Texas bar, defrauded Harvard University, pretended to be a Native American. So that, ra- that, that issue is out. What are they going to say? They're going to say that he's radical on policy. Radical on policy. The Democrats want to rebuild every building in the United States. How's that for radical on policy? They can't. The economy is still doing very well. People's tax returns are, are actually looking pretty good. The Democrats are trying to pretend they're not. People are getting a tax break. This is a big win. Uh, we will get to how Virginia, how the Virginia Democrats could have stopped the bleeding, could have helped them going into 2020, but they failed. We'll drink up those leftist tears. We'll also get to the Grammys, what the Grammys say about our culture. Hint, it's not great. John Kasich does yoga. Yuck. And we will talk about the papal visit to Abu Dhabi, the Christian Muslim interfaith dialogue that really does have a chance of reshaping the way that we talk about religion all around the world, that really does stand a chance to reshape certain uh, religious alliances. But first, you've got to go to dailywire.com. If you're already there, thank you very much. You help keep the lights on. You keep Kofefe in my cup when I've got my delicious Kofefe cup. Instead of here on the road, I've got a drink out of paper coffee cups. You get me, you get the Andrew Clavin Show, you get the Ben Shapiro Show, you get the Matt Walsh Show, you get to ask questions in the mailbag. That's coming up on Thursday. You get to ask questions backstage. You get another kingdom. You get everything. You get the Leftist Tears Tumblr. You get, if you have not yet watched Governor Northam's interview on CBS, where he doubles down on everything and uh, says that slavery was just indentured servitude, where people showed up as if voluntarily at our shores. If you do not have your Leftist Tears Tumblr, I'm sorry, There's, I'm sure you're just floating in your living room right now, but if you do have your Leftist Tears Tumblr, uh, I'm sure that you were able to survive. Get it? It's important. It's the only FDA-approved vessel to contain those salty, delicious Leftist Tears. Also, if you're in Atlanta tonight, I'm going to be speaking at Emory University. It's going to be a ton of fun. The tears will flow. It will be wonderful, like beautiful ambrosia. Go to uh, check it out at Emory. I think we're going to stream it online if you can't make it out. Otherwise, stick around. We'll be right back. So, obviously, the Democrats have this broad political problem. They have the national political problem, which is that everything is breaking in Trump's direction. They have the discrete national political problem, which is that all of their candidates are terrible. They don't have any good candidates. Even the leaders like Beto have kind of blown themselves up with those weird angsty blog posts he put on Medium. Even Joe Biden now, polling isn't looking great for him. Political advisors are saying he'd be even weaker than Hillary Clinton. Cory Booker, Senator Spartacus, not looking great. Kamala Harris may be the best of the bunch, still not a strong candidate, not necessarily a national candidate. She is a far-left California ideologue. 
Then they have this regional problem, which is the entire state of Virginia, entirely run by Democrats, are all racial, racist, rapist, infanticidal clowns. Really tough time. And Ralph Northam, instead of stepping down as the governor, which I guess would elevate an accused rapist, and then if he stepped down, I guess that would elevate another guy who wore blackface, which is ostensibly the whole problem in the first place because no one's talking about the genocide. The guy who won't step down, he went on CBS and he made things worse. Indentured servants from Africa landed on our shores in Old Point Comfort, what we call now Fort Monroe. And while also known as slavery. Yes. Yes, yes. What, what was that word you said? S- slavery? Yes. When the Africans voluntarily came to America in, what the, I think the year was 1927, when they, uh, no, Governor Northam, they voluntarily, hold on, I'm riffing here, listen. This guy cannot win for losing. What a maniac. If anything, come on, man, go a little in the other direction. Go a little, you know, really make clear that you do not harbor racial resentment or racial animus or that you're not denying facts of history. Indentured servants from Africa landed on our shore. Ahoy there! Ahoy there! What is your vessel doing here in Virginia? How did you all get here from Africa? Not not great, and nobody is having it, even on the left. Some cynical Democratic strategists are really trying to spin this. They're trying to put it on Trump. You remember CNN tried to call Ralph Northam a Republican for a while? They just said, well, if we just call him a Republican, maybe he will be a Republican. CNN analyst, though, Nina Turner, very left-wing woman, she is having none of it, and I think she is expressing a lot of the frustration, even among leftist Democrats. In recent time... So the president has really made this um, a race issue, whether it's about um, African-Americans. Certainly he's doing it all over the board with immigrants, but we need to have this conversation. I cannot. Well, I just can't. 1984, 1980, Gucci just a few days ago. This is not about President Donald Trump. This is about racism in the United States of America. Congresswoman, I hear you. But on this, we're not blaming President Trump. I'm he didn't, saying he that he has, listen, he li- has divided no, this country. No, let me, let me just say this. He is using it's easy. As I am issue. not going to let continue to let politicians use this man as the excuse to deal with racism in this country. It's been going on for far too long in the United States of America. Preach. I mean, she's half right. She's basically indicting America as this hopelessly awful, bigoted place where black people don't have any opportunity. That part's not true. She is correct, however, that Democrat politicians are never held to account for their obvious bigotry. And I love this here. She goes, oh, oh, please, I just can't. I can't. Not everything is Donald Trump's fault. You can't. The man is... A Democrat governor, a sitting Democrat governor, is sitting there. He wore blackface 35 years ago. He calls African slaves indentured servants. He won't step down. He doesn't really apologize. Just you can't make that guy Donald Trump. He isn't Donald Trump. You can't do it. And I think the I think left-wing identity politics groups are going to have a lot of trouble going along with the Democrat Party this year when some of their leading candidates are racial frauds. Senator Elizabeth Warren, she might as well be Senator Rachel Dolezal, 
Senator Blackface. You've got Senator, what would it be, Redface? Senator Redface, Governor Blackface, two extremely white people pretending to be a different race. Not a great look, not going to help you rile up your base. So at the same time that they're trying to turn out their very far left-wing progressive base, they're turning them off with this obvious fraud. And, and Northam says he won't step down. Why won't he step down? Because he's just the man to make his state, his commonwealth rather, heal. You think you still deserve this job when so many people are calling for you to step down? Well, again, we, we have worked very hard. Uh, we've had a good first year and, and I'm a leader. Uh, I've been in some very difficult situations, life and death situations, taking care of sick children. And right because now, you're a doctor, yes. right now, Virginia needs someone that can heal. Uh, there's no better person to do that than a doctor. Virginia also needs someone who is strong, who has empathy, who has courage, and who has a moral compass. And that's why I'm not going anywhere. I have learned from this. I have a lot more to learn, but we're in a unique opportunity now. I, again, the 400-year anniversary of, of uh, the history, whether it be good or bad uh, in Virginia, to really make some impactful changes. You have and, slavery in this country, yes. in this state, yeah. He took care of sick children. Oh, he took care of them, all right. He took, the, just the language, what a maniac to say, I'm a healer. I'm a healer, and so that's I'm going to heal our state. Your most famous medical opinion is that we should kill babies lying on the table crying after they've been born. That's your most famous medical opinion, that you're a healer. And then to use the phrase, I took care of the sick children. Like, oh, I took care of, oh, don't worry, I took care of it. I took care of those children. You're not going to be having any problems with those sick children anymore. I took care of them. I'm a leader. What a wacko maniac. He, every single wrong thing, every single wrong move he could possibly make, he's making. He's doubling down on staying in office. He's silent on the abortion question. He's doubling down on the racial issues. A disaster. But then the guy after him is a bigger disaster. He now has two claims of rape against him. Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor, two claims. One at the 2004 Democrat National Convention, the other from the year 2000 from Duke. Now again, these are just coming out now. They're certainly, they hold together more than the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, but we are just hearing about them now. So I actually do urge some caution. I don't want to rush to judgment. The guy is entitled to due process. He is entitled to the presumption of innocence. However, given the political situation, it's no surprise that Virginia legislators want to impeach him. The trouble is they just don't have the political guts to do it right now. So the Virginia legislature pulled a possible move to impeach Justin Fairfax. The issue with Fairfax, by the way, is not even these allegations. I, who knows if these allegations are true? I guess they should be investigated. The issue with Justin Fairfax is he's even more radically pro-abortion than Ralph Northam. Ralph Northam is an idiot. Ralph Northam is not an intelligent man. He's also a cynical politician, and he spoke the logic of his position on abortion on radio accidentally, which is killing babies after they've been born. However, he's not like, he hasn't made his whole career on supporting abortion. He hasn't made his whole career as an abortion activist. Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor of Virginia, is a major abortion activist. He was the vice chairman of Planned Parenthood of the metropolitan D.C. area for years. Fairfax is a radical abortion 
activist. So you've got race issues, rape issues, and late-term abortion, all very unpopular with the American people. This is not a big win. So every attack on Trump that they're going to make in 2020, he's a misogynist, he's a racist, gone. Gone. That is gone. He's a misogynist? Well, I don't know. Is he the lieutenant governor of Virginia? Does he have two somewhat credible rape allegations against him made within a week of each other? How about President Trump is extreme on abortion because he's so pro-life? Well, I, I don't know. The American public is a little bit in the middle on abortion. They, the vast majority of people don't believe in outlawing all forms of abortion immediately from the moment of conception. But the vast, vast, vast majority of the American people oppose late-term abortion. They think it should be illegal. They're going to point right to Virginia, right to Governor Healer, Governor Blackface, infanticidal maniac Healer. Not going to work. And then you have the dark horse candidate, the dark horse Democrat Party candidate. Where is he? The one and only John Kasich. Well, I took my first yoga class today right beside my wife. Yeah, it was pretty hard, pretty challenging, but I kind of figured out it's not about me versus the world. It's trying to get the most out of what I've got. And that's uh, to stay patient, don't get frustrated. And I got to continue because change is really good. It keeps you young. It has you looking into the future. How was this man ever a Republican governor? Also, is it possible for him to say more incorrect things in that short a period of time? Is it actually possible to disagree with every single syllable a man utters as one disagrees with that stupid, oh my gosh, he's there like a little child. He's wearing you know, uh, these, this clothing in public, this yoga clothing. So I just came from yoga. And you know, I don't want to compete against anybody. It's just, I'm just competing against myself. And I really like yoga. And you know what I love? You know what conservatives love? You know what, this is really, this is going to help him in the primary campaign, I think. You know what conservatives love? Change. I think that's conservatives' favorite thing. Change, you dummy. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's like, oh my God. We, the only thing that I can think the first thing I thought when I saw this actually is it validates Matt Walsh entirely. Matt Walsh is just completely correct. He is a prophet. He said yoga is satanic. It's always wrong. It's always terrible. He's, yeah, he's right. John Kasich proved that. Uh, also, the only thing I could think when I thought of the implications of this video are, is John Kasich going to run in the Democrat primary? I'm serious. I'm not actually making a yoga joke here other than to say he is exclusively saying things that Democrats like. He is saying that change is really, really good and we need to change like maybe our political parties. I would not be surprised if this man jumps into the Democrat primary for president. He obviously won't last very long, but I would not be surprised. Talk about rudderless. Talk about opportunistic. Talk about a cautionary tale. Does anybody, whenever anyone from wide-eyed optimists, to people who genuinely want to serve their country, to those weird sociopaths who are, you know, start running for Congress at the age of 24 and a half and immediately insist on being in Congress the earliest they possibly can. All of those people. Does anybody say, I want to be John Kasich when I grow up? Talk about a cautionary tale. If you marry yourself to the spirit of the age, you will find yourself a widower in the next. We've got to get to the Grammys. 
the Grammys rap, we always talk about politics, culture, and religion. We're actually going to follow that exact path today because there's a lot of interesting movement on all of them. And I'm not talking about John Kasich's movement into the Democrat Party. I'm not talking about Amy Klobuchar's movement into the 2020 race. I'm talking about this movement, this reaction against the Democrat Party with some weird politics going on, with some weird, you don't know, you've got identity politics people on the left criticizing the Democrats, you obviously have the Republicans. And in the Grammys, this confusion comes out clearly because our culture is very confused. Michelle Obama opened up the night and she opened up with comments that are exactly correct. From the Motown Records, I will From the Motown records I wore out on the South Side to the Who Run the World songs that fueled me through this last decade. Music has always helped me tell my story. And I know that's true for everybody here. Whether we like country or rap or rock, music helps us share ourselves. She's absolutely right. I. I'm not the biggest fan of Michelle Obama, as we all know. She got that exactly right. First of all, they love her there. She is Hollywood's darling. She could become the next media mogul. She could probably run for president and raise a lot of money at George Clooney's house. They love her. And what she said is right. Music does tell our story. It's the most important art form. We have known this since the ancient Greeks. Music stirs our soul. Hearing is the most important sense. That's why we always hear the word of the Lord. That's why we have to have perfect pitch. That's why there's always, you hear the voice of God, the breath. The Music tells our story. It shares ourselves. It shares who we are. What story are we telling? If this is our Grammys, if this is our music award, what story are we telling? Music really does matter. Music really can define people. Culture defines our politics, and music is the most important cultural form. Just to give you a glimpse of what our story is, of what our culture is, the breakout performance of the night, trending all over Twitter, considered the most magnificent thing all night at the Grammys, it involved neither singing nor dancing. Ladies and gentlemen, Cardi B. What on earth is that? I know I sound like a fuddy-duddy, but I'm right, so I don't really care. What There's no singing that occurred. There's very little music at all. There's percussion, which arouses the bass passions, but there's very little music, very little melody, very little harmony, if any. And there wasn't even dancing. At least, if it's just percussion, but there's dancing, at least there's something artistic about that. There's not even dancing. It was just her sitting around, lying around, humping the floor briefly. I heard her yell something about money. There was no music in the music, and it was the breakout performance of the night. What 
story does that tell? What culture is that? And if politics is downstream of culture, as we always talk about, what sort of politics comes out of that culture? What sort of government is a people who define themselves by that culture? What sort of government are they capable of? Or is anyone capable of self-government if that's your culture? How, I mean, this is, Cardi B is our defining pop culture. We're in it. She's there. This is, and this is obviously our culture has been declining for a very long time now. How, what story is that? What art form, what veneration, what tradition are we really talking about here? It's just tripe. Now, there was one upside to the Grammys. I have to say my friend Joy Villa, she came out. She always does this. She comes out in a crazy dress that's right wing. She's done this for the past few years. So one year she wore a MAGA dress. Then the next year she wore a pro-life dress, which was like a picture of a little baby in the womb and said, choose life. Great dress. This year, she outdid herself. It was her best one yet. She wore the wall. It was the wall. She had, she had barbed wire going around her neck. And then on the back, it said, build the wall. But it was written like Pink Floyd's The Wall, you know, another brick in the wall. It was all done in the spirit of that album. Really funny. And now some conservatives won't talk about this. Some conservatives have written Joy Villa off because they think that she's a fraud. They say, and I've seen, I've read all of the pieces about this. They say, well, she's a Scientologist. Well, she used to be a Bernie bro. Well, I think she's being disingenuous. Well, okay. My thought is, who cares? Who cares? What we're talking about here is you've got this woman, Joy Villa, wore a right-wing dress to the Grammys, got a ton of attention for it. If that helps her out, great. If it helps out the cause, great. I really get a huge kick out of that. I really like the dress. I think it was clever. It was smart. It was very funny. It was cheeky at a wild cultural event. Great. I love it. Wonderful. Give me more of that. Give me more of that dress. Well done to Joy. Before we go, we have to talk about the papal visit to Abu Dhabi. This, I was actually supposed to go to this last week, but I had pre-scheduled speaking engagements, so I wasn't able to go to it. It was the first ever visit by a pope to the Arabian Peninsula. For so long, uh, there has been a movement to expel Jews and Christians from Arabia, the birthplace of Islam. But the United Arab Emirates, Abu Dhabi, invited Pope Francis to come to meet with Sheikh Ahmed El Tayeb, the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar in Cairo, and to uh, have, there was an open-air papal mass for 120,000 people. This was a huge moment. Nobody really reported on it. And what Pope Francis railed against here was, it wasn't against global warming or wasn't against capitalism per se. What it was against was faithless modernity. And the imam talked about this too. They were railing against hyper-individualism. They were railing against utilitarianism. They were both railing against the radicalism that led to the atheism that we've been dealing with for the last 300 years or so. This is really cool. It was predicted, the Catholic Herald pointed this out, this was predicted in Pope Benedict's a 2006 Regensburg lecture, the most important oration of the 21st century. Pope Benedict, obviously considered widely a very conservative figure, he predicted this, that uh, the real threat to our civilization is faithless modernity, this narrow scientism that ignores all of the grand questions. The, The idea that man's origin and destiny, the questions raised by religion and ethics, 
have no place within the purview of collective reason, end quote. That's what they were railing against. And so what you're seeing here is, one, after so much Christian persecution in the Middle East, you have an Arab government inviting the Pope in. This is historic. The UAE should be commended for this. This is a big deal. This is really good. But what you also have is an interesting discourse going on between Christians and Muslims against faithlessness, against modernity. I think this is exactly right. I think they've got this right. I think the great threat to the West that will corrode us and eat us out from within is atheism, is this shallow rationalism, is this pathetic culture of nihilism that has created anxiety, depression, overprescription, suicide, epidemics all over the West. There are some people who fear invading Muslim migrants or something in Europe. Sure, that's a, that is an issue. You have an issue when you have huge populations invading countries. But what allowed the countries to be eaten out from within? It is that faithless modernity. It is cutting away the tradition on which you have built your civilization. The, the very ideas that allow you to have Western science, Western philosophy, Western thought. By cutting those off at the root, that is the great threat to our civilization. I think it's the why the mainstream media won't cover this event. It's a very good event, and you know I've been very harsh on the Francis pontificate when I've thought it's necessary to criticize it. I thought this was a very good move, so I'll end on a happy note. Happy note for the West, happy note for the church, happy note for conservatives, sad note for Democrats. Tough, tough beginning to the week, tough beginning to 2020. All right, that's our show. I will be at Emory tonight. I hope to see you there. If I don't see you there, I will be back in the studio coming up soon. No show tomorrow. We'll have a show on Friday. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you soon. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio is mixed by Dylan Case. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey guys, over on the Matt Wall Show today, we're going to talk about this um, very disturbing report uh, about the sex abuse crisis in the Southern Baptist Church. Uh, so there's a lot to discuss there, and we'll get to that today. Also, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, she unveiled that insane Green New Deal proposal back last week, and ever since then, she's been trying to backpedal and come up with excuses for some of the craziest stuff in there. But the excuses are, are dishonest and pathetic, so we'll try to get to the bottom of that today as well over on The Matt Walsh Show.